Hello everyone and welcome to what is a bonus edition of On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. My name is Michael Bailey. I hope this finds you all safe and well. Uh, now, one of our stable mates, the Going Up, Going Down podcast, has spoken to former Norwich striker Simeon Jackson. Uh, it's a great chat. You can listen to it in full, of course, over at the Going Up, Going Down podcast. But we've also got a little bit for you on its way now with Simeon talking about his time at Norwich predominantly. So um, look forward to that. Um, in the meantime, though, if you are not already subscribing to The Athletic, make sure you do so. And then you can read my piece, my chat with former Norwich City player, former under-23s coach and now Ipswich Town first team coach Matt Gill. It was great to speak to Matt. Uh, to start your free 90-day trial, you can go to theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod. Um, but of course, you can do that after you listen to some of the best bits from Simeon. Grant Holt takes it quickly, releases Tierney from the byline on the left, gets the cross in, Jackson's header! Yes, for Norwich City! Simeon Jackson, Norwich's form striker, does it again! Six goals in as many games! Chances have been few and far between at Carroll Road this afternoon, but Norwich have taken one right at the end of the first half. Simeon Jackson again, Norwich won Derby nil. So your final game in the Gillingham shirt, Simeon, couldn't really have gone worse. I'm sure it's one that you probably want to forget. Yeah. Uh, it was on final day that season, going away at Wickham. Wickham had already been relegated back to League Two. You needed yeah. a result to stay up and ended up being beaten 3 nil. And with other mm-hmm. results going against you, it was a third career relegation, a second in three seasons and a second oh. for Gillingham as well. Um, I mean, if you look at the table now, 15th place, the Oval, with just three points ahead of you. So you came, ended up coming last, I guess, in such a tight relegation race. I mean, you must have known at the time that would likely be your last game for the club. How difficult was that to take? See, that's that's the thing. I didn't. I didn't think it was my last game for the club. Um, and that's, that's what made that one, it was such a sinker. Um, just for loads of reasons, like, I remember going in because I'm 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 so I do a lot of visualizing I do a lot of like mental work I've always done just throughout my career and I remember building up to that just trying to do little things like not look at the not look at the the league table and visualize us being in the safe zone and what we needed to do and just kind of doing all the work leading up to that and knowing that it was going to come like you know same thing coming down to to the last game then I didn't have the best of games either and you're, you're fighting but you're trying you're overextending trying really hard and it was just a, a horrible day man and um and afterwards in the dressing room it's just like just looking at everyone's faces and thinking right I, you just don't know what's gonna happen next season some of you know you might not loads of players are gonna leave contract stuff getting relegated what, what's gonna happen um but a part of me was like, well, okay, you've been here before. What do you need to do now? And I said, okay, I'm just going to keep improving, looking at, you know, assessing my own game and, and what I need to do. And if it is League Two, I know what League Two is about. Um, and just get ready for that now. And uh, it was a weird summer. Um, and then, uh, and then there was there was talk about, you know, a few clubs being interested, and it was just this weird feels like shit, man. Like I've just got relegated, but I can get a move. And what about everyone else? And you know, I might be all right because I'm getting a move. But then it's just a weird feel. 
uh, in that, you know, when that happens. And, um, and then, yeah, I remember I went to, uh, to meet with, with, with my gaffer, Paul Lambert ended up, um, we had a chat and, you know, he asked me a few questions and, um, I was like, yeah, you know, I just told him a bit about myself and he asked me, uh, he asked me a specific question. He asked me what happened. And, and when I, there was, I went on a run where I wasn't scoring. He said, what happened then? And I was like, Oh, this is like an interview here. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I need to make sure I get this right. Uh, I can't remember what I said, but I was like, yeah, you know, just, I was, it was true. I was actually coming back from, from an injury and, um, yeah, I was just struggling to find form and, um, yeah, I, I didn't know what was going to come of it. Cause you know, it was one of a few that were interested and, um, and uh, I remember my agent at the time, he was like, you know, uh, I think this is the right one, da, 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 but we still need to wait and see if the clubs agree. And I, remember I went back to Canada in the summer and I was just waiting and just, oh, just thinking, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Is it going to happen? And then we came back and then started preseason with Jills. Not sure it was going to happen. And then I uh, just remember... One day at training, the, the gaffer called everyone in. Um, Hesse, Hesse and Tyler was a gaffer at the time. Called us in after, uh, halfway through the training session. He's like, right, Sim, they've accepted the bid. Just want to say thank you and get yourself off. And that was that was halfway through the training session. I thought, wow. It was just um, yeah, a different kind of feeling. Fair to say, Simeon, that it was a good choice to join Norwich City uh, for, for your career and a good choice uh, on their behalf as well but this is a, a big change in terms of of the level that you're playing at the highest level so far in your career and not only that but this is a championship side I've heard you say uh, with a manager in Paul Lambert who was dead set on promotion to the Premier yes. League so yes. immediately you're at a high level and they want to get higher immediately that that must be quite mm -hmm. a lot to take in to start with Oh man, like so I've gone from setting up for, you know, going into preseason with Jills in League Two, where it's the emotions a bit different and coming off the back of relegation, to then going into a, a preseason camp in Germany where the first meeting I have is Paul Lambert saying, If you don't believe we're gonna get promoted, there's a door. You can leave now. <laughs> I like the idea that you might have been like, mm, I mean, you know, it's tough to get promoted. <laughs> well, you just, it's, it's, you don't have a choice. In that moment, you just make a decision. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. Like, we're doing it. And you just get this excitement straight away. And, uh, and yeah, the, the boys are buzzing because they just got promoted. And just an amazing uh, atmosphere and group, you know, just got welcomed in straight away. And, you know, there's this amazing team spirit. And... It was just so good. It was a relief just to be a part of uh, something like that and just knowing from day one, like, this is where we're going. So, um, yeah. A big example of, of a, uh, I guess, a, a bit of man management that really works because we know that it can go the other way as well sometimes. Look, I mean, this was a, a brilliant team. It wasn't an amazing start to the season necessarily, mm. but from November onwards, Norwich lost just three times uh, in the league, a well-oiled machine, but also mm -hmm. from a personal perspective, one that was quite hard to get a lot of minutes in because there was so much depth and quality. You know, what was it like trying to force your way in? You know, you were oh. fit and ready to play, but there's a lot of there's a lot of time spent waiting to come on uh, originally. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's um, it was an interesting time because I'm coming into a team where 
you've got likes of Chrissy Martin, Grant Holt, Wes Hulhan, like a front three that were just firing. Like the amount of goals they got in between and you're thinking, like, I'm not even going to try and compete with that. All I'm going to do is just try and add to it. Like, whereas before it was like, you know, you're kind of the main man and, you know, there's a bit more pressure on you. It's like, right, I'm now part of a strike force that is just firing. So I just have to do my bit and add to that. Um, and yeah, it required a lot of patience in the beginning. And just, um, it was funny, I actually came across a, a stick, a memory stick, and had a few of my first games from Norwich. I remember watching them and thinking, wow, you were you were rough in that those first few games, man. Like, you were just like... You're just a bit like a bit of fear, maybe, and just getting used to it. And you weren't you weren't really settled. And um, just looking at kind of just my you know growth as a player around that time. And uh, I just remember always saying to myself, even when I wasn't playing, I was like, "Look, you, as a striker, you, you're in a really lucky situation sometimes because, like, right, they've paid money for me, which means like I'm a big part of the plans. Um, I know I'm going to get my chance eventually because." The gaffer's paying, you know, he's, he's got faith in me and, you know, he, he, he clearly brought me in. So I'm going to get my chance eventually. So you just make sure you're always ready and you just stay ready and just keep learning, keep improving. And I just remember saying, it just adds this feeling that like, I'm supposed to do something really big here. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like my time is going to come at the right time. So I'm just going to carry on and just make sure I'm ready. And, uh, that was my thought process from from early on. Yeah, but you might not have got the chance to do something special. I've I've heard someone said that in January, someone in charge wanted to send you out on loan. That was it. That was it. So January came along, and it was the right. It was you know the position at the time. It was it was true because I, I wasn't really getting the minutes, and you know maybe, and it, it was funny because it was. I now obviously play with uh, Craig Mikel Smith, and and that was who the the swap was supposed to be. I think it was, I can't remember what the full details were, but yeah, it was supposed to. It was involved with um, Craig, and I was like, I remember, it was over the phone. There was two. There was one over the phone and, and one face to face, and I just remember saying to the gaffer, and it was true because at the time he just made everyone believe that we were a part of it. And it was always like, because the way, just how he changed the team sometimes and one week he'd play, one week he wouldn't. And then, you know, he'd throw you in at random times. So I just, I just was honest. I was like, look, Gaffer, like, I've actually bought into everything we're doing here. And I just believe that when I get my chance, I'll take it. And I, I don't want to go on loan. I, I feel like I'm, I, you know, I want to stay here and fight for my chance and, you know, be a part of this. And uh, he said, okay, fine. And uh, it didn't happen. And... <laughs> And yeah, and I just kind of ended up having the, one it's, of the best experiences of my whole life. Yeah, it's awesome to hear an example of, you know, kind of, well, believing in yourself, but as you say, really buying into a project and being able to be honest with the, the man in charge and say, actually, I, I really, I really don't think that's right. Because there'll be a lot of, be a lot of people, I imagine, because of the, I guess, the sort of position of power that a manager is in, who who might just sort of meekly go along with their plans, but but not you, and, and, and you knew something would come. Uh, it did come. Before we get into that just unbelievable few months that you had, I've got to ask mm -hmm. about the old farm derby, uh, Norwich mm -hmm. against Ipswich is, is one of our favourites in English football. Uh, and mm -hmm. that season, 
Uh, he did the double over Ipswich, 4-1 in the first game, 5-1 in the second game. Uh, mm. I noticed watching highlights of, of, of your career that you're... You're sort of you're an emotional person. You celebrate your goals properly. You, mm-hmm. you, you know you're you're not exactly meek on the pitch. So mm-hmm. were those games really perfect for you? What what are your memories of those games? Yeah, man. Like those games, every derby, a lot of derby games are are amazing, and the the emotions immediately heightened. You you playing for all the marbles, and as a player, you just you just dive into it like. <laughs> You just dive into it, and um, you know how big it is for the for the Norwich fans, and obviously you know how big it is for the Ipswich fans. And you're just like, yeah, you're just gonna go out there and 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 do your best and and make sure that you're on the winning end of it. And like you say, it's just the passion and the emotion that comes with it, and you relish it. And um, yeah, I remember the the first the first one at home was was obviously my first one, and I remember I was on the bench for that, and. I remember Holty flying in for a tackle first, like first minute. I was thinking, dude, you could have got sent off there. Like this, it's high risk. But he set the tone, and from there, you just knew we were going to win. And uh, I mean, even when you're young, you always get told like if there's a challenge in the middle of the pitch, even if you're a striker, you go in for it because those moments change games. And uh, and that was in the first few minutes, and Holt he absolutely lifted him, and uh, and I just remember watching thinking, yeah, we'll, we'll win now, and we did. We ended up going on to to comfortably win. In I love that in those games, one of them you get five minutes off the bench, you still find time to get booked, and in the second game <laughs> uh, you score in a five-one win. So a, a good mm. good few moments for you there, but it's a few months of just iconic moments. Um, I, I'll give the details. You tell us what it felt like because that's what we okay. really want to hear. Heading into okay. April, uh, things were, were pretty tight at the top of the division. Norwich had just moved into an automatic promotion place heading into April, but there were a, a few teams involved. It looked like it would go down to the wire. And mm-hmm. at this stage, you've got, you've got four league goals. Uh, as mentioned, mm-hmm. quite a lot of time waiting to come on, trying to make the difference at the end of games. Mm-hmm. Then you score Simeon Jackson for Norwich, nine goals in, I think, seven or eight games to secure mm-hmm. the promotion which includes a 20-minute hat-trick against Scunthorpe, mm-hmm. all three goals in a 3-2 win against Derby with the winner in the 96th minute. And mm. then, of course, the goal, the iconic Norwich goal against Portsmouth, the winner at Fratton Park to send them up to the Premier League. Uh, as much as you can, give us the story of how that few months felt like to live. Oh, man. Um first just hearing it like how you're saying it I, I you guys are amazing man i've never heard it like that before in my life like, i mean i've been asked like questions on this but the way you guys put it together is like it's just next level um <laughs> mate i uh i don't know i'm just i'm just so grateful um first of all because it didn't have to go that way um but i just remember um i Went on a trip with Canada. We played, uh, we were in Turkey. I can't remember who we played. I think we played Belarus and someone else. And I just remember it was just an emotional time for me because I um, I'd lost my uncle um, just before I got my move. And it was just, they're coming up to around that time and, you know, the family and everything. It's just a, 
a weird time. And mm. um, I just remember just some clarity just coming into me of what I needed to do. Just clearly in my mind, just scoring and just giving everything. And um, came back from that trip and the first game was against Gunthorpe. And I remember um, going in at halftime and I remember Cully in Cowhouse looked at me and I was just in the zone kind of thing because I'd seen what's happening in the game. They've had a red card and I'm like, right, I know I'm coming on. <laughs> and I know I need to score. So, like, there's just no doubt in what mm. needs to happen here. And I remember I just had this look in my eye and I looked at Cully and Cully looked at me and he looked the same way. And he just gave me the nod. We didn't say anything. He just gave me the nod <laughs> as if to say, like, you know what you need to do. And, um, yeah, and I came out and came on and I was just in this ruthless place. And around that time, that's just what stands out for me. I was just ruthless. Um, and yeah, and it, it just, there was a momentum there. And even just with the team as well, like it was just so just perfect. Um, we were just in form. We knew how, we knew everything about each other and the, how we played and what we needed to do and how we won games. And we just had this thing of always going to the last minute and I just knew when I came on what I had to do um, if I was coming off the bench or if I started. And, yeah, I, it was just an amazing time, man, like just looking back on it and, and how it unfolded. Norwich fans are lucky, you know, listening to you talk about this team and, and, and watching mm. the highlights, remembering last season's promotion mm -hmm. to the Premier League. They've had some iconic teams and promotion winners. Um, to get behind over the last decade or so. But um, I, I know that they were so supportive of you and that you've got a real affiliation with them. Um, yeah. In terms of that moment where you the final whistle blows at Fratton Park, you realise that, that Norwich will be a Premier League team and you know hopefully you will be a Premier League player. Most likely you will, uh, having mm. helped them, having scored those iconic goals. And we ask everyone this, do you remember a moment of reflection or is it just too chaotic at that stage? Do you think, given your journey from Jamaica to Canada to London to Rushton to Gillingham to Norwich, was there a moment where you soaked that all in and, and realised what it meant? Oh, man, like, I'm kind of doing it now because you're putting, you're putting put me under pressure, dude. Like, <laughs> was this meant to be emotional? Like, I thought this was just going to be, like, a couple questions and that's it. Um yeah, man. No, I'm like I said. I'm just extremely grateful, extremely lucky. Um, just oh, like thinking about it, looking back on it. Like, yeah, I've, I've always been a reflective person, and throughout the journey, just always looking at at the little wins and and just. I actually watched rewatched the game the other day because it was played on um, it was played on uh, Norwich's website the other day and. And I took it in for the first time, the full 90 minutes. And um, the back four were just tremendous. <laughs> like, Wardy, Elliot Ward, Zat Whitbread, like, they were colossal, those two, that game. And I never I never saw it like that before. I, I knew we all played well, but them two were just... The composure from Wardy and Zach, like, in a game like that, I was like, holy, man, like, really, really stand-up performances. And, um... Yeah, just just afterwards and the celebrations and you don't really get as much time to celebrate afterwards. I mean, reflect afterwards because everyone's celebrating and you know you're, you're doing a million things at once and we're trying to plan to get away as a team and it's, it's just chaos. Uh, and I went straight into 
internationals as well just afterwards. So you didn't really get a chance um, in that moment to kind of have that reflective moment. But I remember just before the season started and it actually hits and you're like, whoa, like this is, this is the Premier League now. Like, holy shit. Like, you know, you're kind of here. Um, and yeah, that that's when some of the reflectiveness comes in. But you, it doesn't even last that long because you're just on to the next thing and on to the next thing and you're just constantly getting prepared and ready. The next thing was the Premier League and it was just 15 months after that day at Adams Park where you know your Gillingham team lost 3-0 and were relegated to League mm-hmm. 2 you were making your Premier League debut coming off the mm. bench uh, against Stoke at Cairo Road Fucking and what well, yeah exactly what I mean what was it like I mean as somebody who you know I'm assuming watched the Premier League growing up in Canada where it felt mm. so far away but also you know, the best that football had to offer. How did it feel finally becoming a Premier League player? Dude, I, 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 there's no words for it. There's, there's no words for it because um, as a kid, watching your idols on TV, watching your Dwight Yorks, your Annie Coles, looking at Old Trafford, just, just, it's just a dream. It's a pipe dream. You're just like, you don't actually think you'll ever get there. And I remember being at Rushton, like, you, you toy with the idea. You're like, oh, like, I'd love to do it. Like, it'd be amazing. But then when you actually think about, like, well, how? Like, how, is that actually going to happen? Like, who knows? No, probably not. Um, but you still kind of just toy with the idea. You just toy with the idea. And I, I remember uh, there was one time, because I used to be called, they used to call me Busy Simbad at Rushton. Um yeah, because I was just like, for me, I've come from Canada. I'm not following anyone else. I'm just here to work and work and work until I get into where I want to be. Because um, for me, when I first came, I thought, it's so like, everyone here is so lucky. Like you have this amazing league on your doorstep. These teams are all around you. Like I didn't, I didn't have none of this in, in Canada growing up. And now you're telling me there's environments where I can go and train every day and improve. I'm like, how is not every kid like, you know, killing themselves to do this? And um, I remember, my, yeah, my focus was just a bit different. Um, but as you say, like, I don't, you, you don't actually think you're ever going to do it. And then when it actually does happen and you're there and you're looking at the fixture list and, you, you know, you, you've come off the bench in your first game. And I'm just like, wow like thank you just thank you so much like and you, you don't actually think about all the other pieces because you're you're just in the moment you're just thinking about the next thing and the next thing but that you do have a, a a quick moment of just being like wow like that was that was pretty cool that was awesome an unbelievable achievement from that group of players at Norwich in the 2011-12 season finishing mm. in 12th place in the Premier League and just looking through you know, the team, the squad from that campaign. I mean, we'd already spoken mm. about how you'd cross paths with Grant Holt and Bradley Johnson, but mm. the story of all these guys, I mean, like you, there are people who'd worked their way up into this position, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's John Ruddy, Russell Martin, uh, mm-hmm. Ryan Bennett, um, you know, Johnny Housen, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Morrison, Anthony mm-hmm. Pilkington, all these guys following, you know, they, for them, it must have been a dream come true as well to be playing in the Premier League. So as a group, you know, in terms of your fondest memories of your career how does yeah. that season stand it's it stand out it's just it just stands out because 
as you say, like everyone in the dressing room had similar stories. Like we we knew we were just so humble with it. And there was like, there was no egos with it because we knew where we all came from. So it was like, and because you share that in a dressing room, it's like the hunger's always there. The passion's always there. The, the level's always there because you know what you could, you know, what, what else is out there? You know, like when, when you would, when you speak to each other and you hear about each individual story of, you know, like me, I, I, when I first came here, I, I worked at McDonald's and I was, you know, playing non-league, Sunday league, like just scrapping around, just hoping that I was going to get in. And then, you know, you, you speak to an Elliot Bennett who was, you know, kind of at a, a big club from a young age, but also struggled and just, you know, came up through the leagues as well. And you can share with each other about promotions in lower leagues and playing non-league. And it's just, you just have this uh, amazing connection and, and um respect for each other and and it, it ends up coming out on the pitch and you know you you have these friendships for life really you've had some pretty dramatic final days of seasons that campaign the, the first premier league campaign was your first season in five where you hadn't experienced either a relegation or a promotion oh. but it was still it was still a pretty good one for you getting on the score sheet scoring the final premier league goal of that season for norwich in a 2-0 win against aston villa uh, I mean, you mentioned what, what you know, everything from playing non-league to, to working at McDonald's and everything. Just, uh, I mean, I, I guess I'm just trying to understand. You know, I'm trying to live it myself, just as somebody yeah. who, who came through all of that to be to be banging goals in the Premier League for for the team that you won promotion for the season before, and having to deal with the the heartbreak from just a couple of years before at Gillingham. It must have just mm. felt super special. Oh, it's just a, it's just a roller coaster, man. <laughs> it's just like. You've... Even when you're speaking, you're talking about it, like thinking about it and, and reliving it. Just, it's an absolute roller coaster. And that season was, yeah, it was the first season that we weren't like we were playing to stay in the league. And I think we, we knew we were. Um, and it just felt completely different. I was like, oh, so this is what players feel like when they're actually like you're going into the last few months or the last month or so. And, you know, you, you're not completely stressed about relegation. and You're not fighting for anything. You just you're actually just chilled out a bit. I was like, wow, this is a different kind of feel. Um, and um, yeah, man, it, uh, as I say, it's just absolute roller coaster of emotions, just roller coasters of challenges and struggles on the pitch, off the pitch. And you're just so grateful when you actually look at, you know, the, just remembering being back in Canada and just watching it all on TV and then actually coming out here and, and doing it. Um, it's... Yeah, man, I can't put that into words. It was a pretty iconic era of the Premier League, that as well, with you know Arsene Wenger, Sir Alex Ferguson, all these absolute legends of the mm. game. Do you have any memories or any stories you can tell us from your from kind of these? I guess these, these times you came to get up against such giants. Yeah, I mean, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's just it's just loads, just because you. Um, you go from idolizing these group of people to playing against them. And then it's like you try and draw this line between like, holy crap, that's so-and-so to now, nah, like I'm, I've got a job to do. We need to win. I need to make sure I'm at my best. I'm preparing. And then you kind of grow into this different kind of species to try and compete and match when really you're just looking and going, 
holy crap, that's Frank Lampard warming up on the touch time beside me. And you're just like, you're like, he's massive. Like, I didn't even know he was that big. Um, so you just have loads of moments where you just cut between being this this kid and then this this competitive sportsman that wants to go out and win. So, um, yeah, there's there's loads of those moments, man. So many of them. Okay, this is a tough one, I reckon. Which set of fans have you loved the most? Oh, can't you can't ask that. <laughs> um, no, the Norwich fans, man. They just, yeah, they're just amazing. Um, and as you say, they're just amazing group of fans, and they've been so lucky to have so many promotions and and you know success over the last years, and and they just relish it, and you know I think they they deserve it as well. So yeah. Favorite moment of your career? Favorite moment? Oh man! Um, scoring my first Premier League goal—that's always going to stand out because to me that was like, yeah, it was just you know like icing on the cake, um, just with the journey. So definitely. That one was uh, away at Wolves, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, away at Wolves. Yeah. If you could go back. And relive just one season of your career. Which one would you choose? Be the promotion of Norwich. Yeah, I'd, re- I'd relive that again. Definitely relive that again. Manchester United. Completely still on loan. Here's Crocs. Fox. And play one in, looking for Jackson. They can taste the Premier League now. The man in a real hot goal. Scoring streak, Simeon Jackson has come.